Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Takeaway podcast. We'd like to start this episode with an, an, an acknowledgement of country, and we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands that we are on. Tonight, I am coming to you from the land of the dark and young people, and we'd like to pay our respect to Aboriginal elders, past, present, and future, and extend that respect to anybody um, who is listening today who is Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. My name is Aaron, and along with my hosts, uh, we are excited to bring you a very special Reconciliation Week-themed episode of the Teacher Takeaway podcast with some very special guests. So tonight I have the regular Teacher Takeaway podcast team. We've got Beck West with us. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And Alice Figures. Welcome back, everyone. And unfortunately, James can't be with us for this episode, but he will be back with us soon. But we do want to say a very special welcome to three fantastic guests that we have with us. We have Jordan. Hi. (laughs) We have Leslie. Hi. And we have Brooke. Hi, everyone. And Leslie and Jordan and Brooke will be sharing a little bit more about their experiences and telling us a little bit more about themselves in uh, the episode as we head into it. But we do want to start by just acknowledging that this week, our inquiry question for our episode is how do we respectfully and authentically embed Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander perspectives in our schools and classrooms? So uh, with no further ado, we're going to get straight into it and we're going to tell um get this underway so jordan brooke leslie tell us a little bit about yourself we'd love to get to know you a little bit so jordan why don't you start us off can you tell us a little bit about yourself hi um my name is jordan i am a radri nimba bakanji woman so ancestrally from northwestern new south wales i grew up on beautiful waramai country in a small coastal town I've done some moving about. Um, since then, I've lived actually over on Wajak Nungabuja, um, which Brooke will be familiar with. <laughs> um, and then I've come back over to the East Coast and live in southeast Queensland and work in northern New South Wales. So I'd just like to acknowledge um, the Kumbamari people of the Yugambeh language group that's where I'm coming to you all from today. Um, Yeah, I'm a primary teacher. I have a unique role in my school as the Aboriginal Education Coordinator. It's not like an official statewide title. It's more like your school might have a sports coordinator. So I um, coordinate the Aboriginal Education programs in my school. I'm currently on maternity leave so, um, but I'm going back soon part-time and I will continue my role as a bed coordinator when I get back. Awesome. Okay. What about Leslie? Hi, I'm Leslie. I'm a Borongo Darug woman. Um, I live and work on Gadigal country. I grew up uh, on Gombangia country up on the north, mid-north coast. Um, So I've spent all of my life living on really beautiful country. Um, I am the founder and CEO of Wingaroo Education. Uh, So we create resources to support teachers to bring perspectives and First Nations content into their classroom. Um, I'm a mum. I have two primary school-aged boys that keep me pretty busy. Yeah, that's me. Awesome. So good to have you with us, Leslie. And... Certainly not last or least, but Brooke. Hi, my name is Brooke and I'm a proud Palawa woman from southeast Tasmania. I live on Wilman Nyungabuja and I work on Binjarab Nyungabuja. Um, I am a an Aboriginal liaison officer within my school, high school. Um, I'm currently studying to be a teacher, but I've just um, been endorsed or awarded limited Uh, registration to teach from the TRB and I am currently teaching science so that's been an exciting change Um, yeah and I'm very passionate about Aboriginal education like Jordan as well Um, I sort of oversee that within the school Um, so all parts to that so yeah 
Amazing. Well, we are certainly so grateful and fortunate to have you three wonderful women on sharing with us for this episode. So we're going to dive uh, right into it with our very first question. And um, this episode is, um, you know, in light of Reconciliation Week, which does start this week. And so love to hear your thoughts on our reconciliation journey as a nation. Um, How do you think we're traveling and where do you think we need to go to next? What about Leslie? Look, I think it's, you know, since the 80s when I I guess I first became aware of what reconciliation was and that people were working towards it, um, it's been a pretty slow journey. But I definitely think in the recent years it has kind of sped up and more people are aware of the work that needs to be done and also more willing to do that work um, towards reconciliation. Um, I think we've gone from seeing reconciliation being seen as an Aboriginal issue to an issue that is all of Australia responsibility. Um, That said, there's still a lot of work to do. And I think, you know, maybe there's a few more people now willing to do that work. Um, And, you know, hopefully that, you know, we can keep going with the energy that we're feeling at the moment and, you know, see some real change happening as we move forward. I don't know what you uh, you guys think about where we're at. Um, I was just going to add, sorry, within the five dimensions of reconciliation, when we look at historical acceptance in terms of education, like I think um, from when I was at school, I always talk about um, I was taught that Australia was a young nation and, you know, Captain Cook found Australia and I think that truth-telling is really happening in education um, going forward, which I think, yeah, that's credit to what we do and yourself, Leslie, in the programs that you're implementing and facilitating and and delivering them. And I think it it's it's moving forward, but like Leslie said, at a slow rate. <laughs> um, yeah, so better than when I was at school, but there's obviously still room for improvement. Yeah, and I think that is important and I think it is happening. It's, again, slow and I think, but I think people are more open to hearing the truth and, you know, the more truth that is shared, the less overwhelming that truth is. Mm. Um, Yeah, I agree with both of what you have said too. I think it's moving forward. Um, I've been really impressed lately to see traditional place names on TV, on Channel 10, on the project, um, Australia Post adding a, a section on their um, parcels and letters for traditional place names. Um, I think acknowledgements of country have been, I've um, heard a lot um, of more people, I suppose, beginning meetings and um, special events with an acknowledgement, which is good to hear. Um, and it's good that it's a priority in schools, but I, but it's not mandated, I suppose. So for ways forward, I would think um, education has a big role in moving forward with reconciliation, but I would like to see it, I suppose, or there being a bit more accountability for teachers Um in principles in schools so that it's something that has to be done and it should be done and it's all on paper it says it should be done and everyone has to do it but it I wouldn't say that it's you know mandated yet and that you only have to look in the comment section on Facebook to see that there's still a lot of people and a lot of young people um with a um still a lack of knowledge about First Nations peoples and cultures. So we have an important job, definitely. Yeah, That's I agree so with the stuff. I think, um, do you know there's schools that still don't do Reconciliation Week? There are schools that we speak to that do Reconciliation one year and NAIDOC the next year and they alternate them. <laughs> and that is, and as far as they're concerned, they don't need any um, other support in terms of Aboriginal perspectives because that's enough, um, you know. So I agree with you about the mandates. There are still principals who are not even including the basics, uh, which are both reconciliation and native week from my perspective. That's so baffling to me. And I think I think maybe 
I um, am very privileged to be working in a community with a a high number of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people where that knowledge is right there for us to access and and have in our school community and that that network that I belong to work very closely with AECG and I forget, I think that there are those others that don't or aren't tapping into those resources where it becomes deeply embedded. So I I cannot think of any event, meeting or occasion where I've gone to something uh, with the Department of Education and there hasn't been an acknowledgement country, even multiple when other people are uh, special guests are joining us or something like that. So for me to think that a school is alternating those significant events blows my mind and it makes me wonder um, how to support those schools who maybe don't have really good access to knowledge and, and wisdom that, that I have. So that leads into our next question really nicely, I suppose, um, for our teachers listening. How can we be authentic when it comes to embedding Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander perspectives, not just ticking off the box that, yes, we've done an acknowledgement of country, but how can we see it in our schools? I, I know it's rich in my school and I guess it would um, be really, I guess, confronting for me to go, well, how do you start this if you don't have this? in your mm. school. So, um, Leslie, I can see you nodding your head there. Give me some of your wisdom. How do we do this? <laughs> I think the first thing is it's about being honest about where you're at. And I speak to teachers all day and, you know, you can feel them wanting to say something and then finally they just blurt out, I just don't know what to do. And mm. I always say to them, I love to hear that because that's how I can help you. And I think if you are honest about where you're at, and you're genuine, then you, you, you're you being authentic. It can't be tokenistic if you are genuine in your attempt. And I think there's a couple of things that you need to do. So go and do your professional learning. Go and learn as much as you can. Um, be honest with your students. Like let them know that, you know, back when, you know, chances are when you were at school, you didn't get any Aboriginal education, so you're still learning as well. I think if you find your motivation, so some teachers we speak to are just doing it because it's their job. It is just to tick that box. And kids can tell, like, if you want to have an impact, like, you know, as teachers, when you're teaching something that you connect with, your kids get more out of it. So look for that connection. Look for a story that, you know, resonates with you. Find something about Aboriginal perspectives that you are genuinely interested in and you can use that motivation to keep bringing more and more in you don't have to do it all in one go you know every little perspective that you bring in every little piece of content that you bring into the classroom does make a difference and you are providing you know kids today are our next leaders so let's go with that give them those little bits of knowledge that truth um, so that they can take that forward Um, and I think you know don't worry about um, people thinking that you're going to be tokenistic, just be authentic in yourself. And if you aren't comfortable doing things, put your hand up, ask for help, reach out to community um, and accept that you're not going to learn everything overnight and take that time. Absolutely. And I can vouch for being authentic as well. We've got two Aboriginal education officers at my school. We have a classroom dedicated to the, you know, authentic teaching of the traditional histories of our nation. And I've come from a background where my ancestors came over on that first fleet. So the the perspectives of my own upbringing were uh, with blinders on, very much so, where my parents were teaching me, no, 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 Australia wasn't invaded because your ancestors came over in chains. And that prevented me from uh, developing a deep understanding of our true history and being able to work with my AEOs over the last seven years has really opened up my understanding to how limited my own education was. And you really do have to drop your barriers to be able to go, I need to learn and continue learning. I'm sh- There's so much more I'm going to keep learning, obviously. And it's mm-hmm. hard to do as a teacher as well to be able to go, hey, my own education may have been a bit not quite so great. Um, Jordan, did you want to add anything to that? Um, yeah, I just think actions speak louder than words I think Mm. a lot of the time we get so caught up in saying we're going to do this and even you know brainstorming ideas and then it doesn't go any further like you need to brainstorm ideas collaboratively yes but then we need to see the actions from that and I think um, you know the theme for National Reconciliation Week and NAIDOC Week this year 
Um, so N National Reconciliation Week, Be Brave, Make Change, and then NAIDOC Week, Get Up, Stand Up, Show Up. Both of them are emphasising the fact that we need action after the words and mm. that sim symbolic gestures are nice and, um, of course, they have a, a place, but that um, we need to do more than that as well. So even like an acknowledgement of countries, a symbolic gesture to a certain degree, it's better if you can make up, you know, use your own words and make it as genuine as possible. But then, you know, if you said something in your acknowledgement, like um, at school, you know, while we're on this land, we'll look after it, then, you know, what are you doing in the school to do that? What are you demonstrating to your kids about that? It's like that action after the words is, is important. Um, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole because I'm sure there's going to be a teacher listening to this at the moment. When it comes to an acknowledgement, I know some schools work with their students and community to create their own. So there's that, um, I guess, standard script for those that are new to doing acknowledgements um, around acknowledging past, present, emerging or those here today. Where does a school stand, I suppose, on on working on their own acknowledgement? How would they go down that path? Like for me, my brain automatically goes to AECG and your local elders. Is that where you there would go? No, yeah, if you, like I think yes, but also there are no rules when it comes to acknowledgement except for naming the country that you're on and making sure you're getting it right. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in a community meeting. I serve on a couple of community boards and we had... Um, and a large organisation come forward and present some stuff to us um, about our mob and they named another mob and I was like, well, this is the first thing that you need to do. Make sure that when you're trying to acknowledge country that you acknowledge the correct country, you know. But apart from that, it's meant to be authentic. It's meant to be you acknowledging country. It's meant to be you, are, you know, recognising that you are on Aboriginal land, that you are, you know, respectful towards those people and that you are working, you know, wanting to work in partnership with them. So I wouldn't get caught up in what I should be saying and not wanting to say the wrong thing. Just be authentic. And then if you do want to, you know, consult with community, start with your AECG if you're in New South Wales or another education group. Um, you know, reach out to your elders. If you've got Aboriginal families in your school, invite those families to come in and be part of that. Um, at our school, um, the Aboriginal kids put it together. So they workshopped at Inquiry Club, um, you know, and so that was, you know, the way that, you know, and it's lovely, like it's quite long and the kids all know it and they take it in turns to get up and do acknowledgement of country, which is them starting to show even as in kindy, you know, show pride in who they are and being able to recognise that that is a role they have in their school. And, you know, that's the beginning of serving community the way that Aboriginal people do. And we've mentioned before on the podcast, leadership doesn't need a badge. It's about those yeah. actions. Now, Brooke, we've gone for a while on this question, so I just want to check in with you. Did you have anything to add about how we can be authentic? Um, I just wanted to emphasise once again connecting with community and really strengthening those relationships uh, with First Nations peoples, working with First Nations peoples within the area in which you are located, where your school's located. Um, I did give myself a little project recently I actually uh, established our acknowledgement of country or I guess redid our acknowledgement of country with local elders and within that we included language so if culturally appropriate which elders and community members will have that information um, but within our acknowledgement of country we really made it specific and yeah it includes Noongar language and history of the area um, which is fantastic and I send it to many elders and they were all very happy with it so um, yeah that I think the resources are there you just have to know where to look and certainly uh, happy to assist anybody that needs help with that but um I think you referred to an acronym that I'm not familiar with um over in New South Wales or something but certainly in WA like and probably nationally there are land and sea councils uh which you can reach out to and even your local shire uh, community council like they will have information 
as well or contacts should do. Moorich. Moorich, yeah, that's right. <laughs> or like, you know, um, that means First good. Nations organisation. I didn't even know that you lived on Wajak country, so we can have a yarn about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But that's and all I've got for that question. Yes, beautiful. <laughs> I love that each of the three responses that you gave all centred and came back to that connected connection and finding mm. that connection with the land on which you you live um i i come to, or am podcasting tonight from wiradjuri country um down in the uh, beautiful snowy valleys in new south wales nice and nice and cool um <laughs> but i my my question tonight is um what suggestions do you have about how Teachers and schools can bring meaning to Reconciliation Week in their classrooms. And I think, Brooke, I might start with you considering you were last. The last For time. sure. Yeah, that's fine. So um, as Jordan mentioned before, it is be brave and make change. And what that is, it really is a call to action. It's a challenge um, for everyone to be brave and to look at any unfinished businesses of reconciliation and how we can make change or improve on that. So I think in a school organisation, like in, in a school context, um, look like what Jordan said, look at what you are committing to doing or what you want to do and then really, um, I guess, set yourself a project or an ongoing um, task to really achieve that and really improve that. So another great suggestion would be to once again reach out to community and see if there are any gaps or anything that they're trying to achieve. So I know um, one of the local shires down this way um, are actually working with the council. So first I'm just going to work with the council to um, get the river back on track because the river um is quite polluted to introduce species and um, the schools have been assisting to um, to help with that project under First Nations guidance. So I think you, you really need to see where the gaps are within your community and as a school, how can you move forward and how can you work together to, to achieve a you know, common goal or, and that being reconciliation as well? Yeah. Um, and I would just add to that um, that to explore the key dates of National Reconciliation Week, you can do this every year, but, um, you know, National Reconciliation Week always begins on the 27th of May, which is the anniversary of the 1967 referendum, and it ends on June 3rd, which is Mabo Day. So just to, yeah, I suppose not explore the theme, but also I, I tend to remind my students of that every year as well and also Leslie mentioned this previously but I always remind students as well that um, National Reconciliation Week we all have a part to play in that it's not just Aboriginal people organising um, an Aboriginal event it's it's something mm. that everybody needs to do and to participate in to work together for hence the name. Yeah and I love that that idea around the exploration of those why it's those dates and those, that key focus on the importance of those dates. Leslie, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I was going to say um, for me this year, I think it is about being brave and stepping out of your comfort zone. And a lot of the time schools will do the same activities. Um, but have a think about what you're doing in your school. And it can be really small, as simple as are you communicating to the school community what you're doing during Reconciliation Week. You know, when I speak to my non-Aboriginal friends, often they'll have no idea what their school is doing. Um, and I work with some of those schools, so I know they've done really great things, but the school isn't communicating. And that could be the one change that you make that has a massive impact because now mm. you're sending that, that information, that new knowledge home to parents. Um, you know, and I think focusing on change within your school, ask your kids, like in your class, what, what, are, what do they want to change? What do they think we can change? And support them to follow through with that because they will then see the impact of change and understand change and why we need change and the role that they can play moving forward. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing that I would 
you know, really encourage people to do is start sharing the stories of Aboriginal people. Like if you can get community to come in, but if that's not possible, you know, there are so many great books written by Aboriginal authors now that share the most amazing stories, use Aboriginal resources, you know, look for those stories, look for those programs where Aboriginal people are sharing their stories and connect with those during the week um, so that kids can understand why change is such a big deal. And, you know, this year we're talking about change a lot, but that's not always the case. So, you know, kids may not understand where, where we're coming from and why we're asking for change and why we're asking everyone to stand up with us and really amplify that need for change and ask everyone, be brave, step out of that comfort zone. Nothing bad is going to happen if you progress respectfully. Nice. I'm wondering for our listeners out there, whether or not you have any some activities for different age groups that you might suggest for teachers or schools or leaders who might be um, in the process of planning their reconciliation week celebrations or exploration. Jordan. Um, yes, I do. I think everybody should look at the Naragunawali uh, website because I was having a look on there today and they have... Um, I think it's in classroom resources or learning resources. Um, a let's talk about the theme for National Reconciliation Week 2022. And um, they there's an early childhood primary and secondary uh, section, I suppose, of that resource. And it really um, breaks apart the theme. And one of the activities that came up was actually discussing what it means to be brave and how being brave is important to change something. Um, so I think that's super important, especially for on the younger side of our mm. of the spectrum to yeah have that discussion first. And there's, you know, if you look at how Aboriginal people have been and Torres Strait Islander people have been brave and uh, fought for change. For instance, the Wave Hill walk-off, um, then you have the book Freedom Day that you could explore. You could look at the Uluru Statement from the Heart. There's a book by Thomas Mayer, Finding Our Heart. There's lots of children's books. Um, and... Uh, I think Leslie will probably talk about Wingaroo, but I would definitely suggest looking um, at Wingaroo and the um, All Together Now. I might just toss it over to you now, Leslie, but, yeah. <laughs> Bonnie and Leslie. Um, yeah, so we partner every year with uh, the New South Wales Reconciliation Council, who are actually called Reconciliation New South Wales now. Um, but they, we partner together and put out some free resources. Um, so... Anyone across the nation can go and log in and access those lessons um, for free and explore. Um, and we've, this year we've got early childhood and primary covered. Um, so go and check those out. And, of course, on Wingaroo we have a number of lessons that are around uh, Reconciliation uh, Week um, and a whole range of stuff. So we have contact content for the full year. So come and check us out as well. And subscribe to your newsletter. It's amazing. Just just putting oh. it out there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and, and Leslie's blog is amazing. Um, yeah, I'm just wait for email notifications that you've made a new one. <laughs> yep. What about you, Thanks. Brooke? Anything to add? Anything for uh, I secondary? Was, I was just going to say, so our school... Um, have a look on the National Reconciliation Week website and people register events that they may be holding within the community. So we're actually, um, I'm taking a group, we're going to do the Reconciliation Bridge Walk um, and then there's a heap of activities that are held after that with local community and the schools have actually been asked to do something too. So um, I'm doing this in collaboration with the at Aboriginal education officers uh, at other schools but one of the schools is like having a little um, box where kids come up and they write what reconciliation means to them um, as well as being brave as well so really prompting that change. Um, we are showing uh, videos of like so sort of an interactive display or interactive stall of like short videos just education 
around what reconciliation is and hearing from First Nations peoples and non-Indigenous peoples as well. And then one of the other schools is doing um, their traditional face painting. So there's a a ton of things on, but I think it's really worth seeing what organisations may be doing and um, what else is available with it, like what else is being held in community. Um, Amazing. Some really great ideas there. And we will obviously put links to all of those things in our show notes for anyone that's listening. So you can check those out and grab those links um, to those resources. But we've been touching on the theme for this year's Reconciliation Week, Be Brave, Make a Change. And I know we kind of touched on it in that last question, but um, as teachers, we've talked about that important role we have and the important role that we can play. So how do you think teachers can best um, support making that positive change? I think, demonstrating that you're stepping out of your comfort zone, that you're making change and being, you know, open. Um, And quite often when I'm talking to my boys, they'll say when their teachers say, oh, you know, I asked this question and my teacher didn't know the answer, so we researched it together. And so that sticks with them, that you don't always have to have the answers. Um, So I think if you're showing that you're also learning and that you're also stepping out of that comfort zone and it's a new thing, um, that encourages kids to do that. And I think listening to kids and giving them that platform and encouraging them to keep stepping out of their comfort zones um, is the most important thing Um, and just support them. So, you know, whatever they want to do, you know, what change they can identify within the school, for instance, if you support them in that, um, I think that goes a long way for encouraging kids. Mm, I'll just add to that. Um, I think you can do this with all ages, but brainstorming, um a charity or a movement or um, a campaign that the students want to support a first the first nations campaign of course um for this theme of national reconciliation week would be a good activity to do but then actually follow through with that this is the action that i was talking about before follow through with that so that um you establish a fundraiser or something for your school to contribute to donate that money back to the to the campaign that's just an idea that I had that I thought every age could do and an example of action um you know saying or researching something and then saying you want to support it is one thing but then actually organizing the fundraiser making posters all of that um you can bring in uh financial mass donate donate the money you might get a certificate back from the charity like oh that's exciting I would love to do that as a kid and then you know they'll feel really happy and proud of themselves for making being brave and making change for that yeah that's a great suggestion I love I love that idea of getting kids involved as well in helping create that positive change and something simple that we can all do, but like you said, actually doing it, putting mm. your, your feet to the ground and making making that change happen. Um, Brooke, any any thoughts on, on what we can do as teachers to support that positive change? I completely agree with what Leslie and Jordan said and I think we just need to keep challenging or educating ourselves and foremost um, and challenging any unconscious or conscious biases that me that we may hold against First Nations peoples um, calling out racism calling out discrimination and just yeah being a good ally which is what I know you know lots about Aaron but um, mm-hmm. yeah just just standing in solidarity and supporting us so Aaron's a strong ally. He's always very, very positive uh, towards the things that you want to work towards when he sees significant change working for our kids and community. So I guess that kind of leads us into that conversation. We, we feel empowered often by Reconciliation Week. Like you said, those teachers that are like, I don't know where to start. This gives them a platform to go, okay, there's a reason that I'm doing this and I'm, I'm justified in trying something uh, that makes me step outside of my box and be authentic and support my kids but what do we do once Reconciliation Week is over, once some of that power and that um, attention to it kind of goes away, what do we do then? And, Jordan, I could see your eyes light up then like, (laughs) yeah, that's right. Sometimes when that day is done, it's done. We've ticked our box and then it's not really embedded. 
um, you know, across the board like that. So what do we do once reconciliation week is over? Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we, stop. Put that in the show notes, Alice. Yep. <laughs> it's not just the, one the funny week. little meme like, don't stop, stop believing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it's not just one week. Oh, phew, done now. Wait till um, NADOC week or that school. Um, we'll wait until two years' time when we're back to celebrating National Reconciliation Week. Um, no, I just think don't stop. And um, Brooke touched on it just then in her answer to the, to the previous question, but one of the, the biggest and hardest things I think um, non-Indigenous people can do because it is can be a bit awkward but it's important is um, standing up to casual racism. Mm. Um, when you hear it, when you see it, even if it's your friend, even if it's your colleague, even if it's your partner's grandma, it's um, grandmas something are that hard. we... <laughs> yeah, grandmas are the grandmas are hard. <laughs> But it's something that we as First Nations people just constantly have to live with and hear, um, especially when you can be white passing. So um, my husband knows all too well, like we have just been in so many conversations where like things pop up and he knows I get so drained from sort of having these same conversations over and over again with different people. Um, And so he'll often... Um, stand in for me and have the, you know start the conversation then I can add to it and it's it's not such a burden on me so um, that's just yeah when Brooke mentioned it before I thought mm, that I want to speak about that um, one thing don't stop what you had set up in National Reconciliation Week and your celebrations I suppose continue them separately this might happen outside of school but yeah Stepping in and cor- correctly uh, or, like, pol- it can be politely, you don't need to be mean, but, yeah, standing up to that casual racism when you hear it because it's it's everywhere and it can be a, it can be a lot for First Nations people to constantly be the only ones correcting those people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you said, having someone standing there doing that with you is a strong message to send. It's not the one voice saying it. It's that unified voice of, no, this is unacceptable and and this is what we stand up against. Any beginning teachers out there, or you know what, even experienced teachers, I'll give you a hot tip. When you are having any of those special events and the community come in and you, you'll find that those parents who usually uh, don't necessarily feel comfortable coming onto school grounds for whatever their reasons are, they'll come for that event that's the day that you have the conversation and say, I'd love to have you in for a story next week, like kind of book it in while they're there and make them feel welcome. Um, and even, even with uh, those elders, if they're visiting, we'd love to have a yarn with you next month. What's good for you? You know, have that conversation on the spot. Don't make it like, oh, yeah, that'll be good sometime if we do that. Try and make it sound really concrete so that they know they're welcome to come back and that it's not just a tokenistic sort of invitation. They they work pretty well if you keep having those conversations. Leslie, I see you nodding. <laughs> what do we do when Reconciliation Week is over? <laughs> I agree with both of you, like keep talking, having those conversations in your classroom, with your parents, in the staff room. The staff room conversations are really important. There's usually someone on staff who, you know, hasn't connected quite as well as other people with that content. So keep having those conversations. Um, I think keep bringing the content in. So in Reconciliation Week, you've done the hard work, you've brought that content into the classroom, keep that going. Um, And like you're talking about, there's so many events during Reconciliation Week and this time of year in general, kind of from now until kind of the end of July um, is, you know, a little bit of a festival in Aboriginal communities. We kind of have lots of events on and we get to catch up and have a yarn and not, you know, it's people we not seen in a while. Um, and so go out to those events, you know, have those events in your schools, but then don't just say, you know, they end and let, you know, let that go. Call people the next week. Keep those conversations going because that's how a relationship with community gets strong. 
that's how you have community in your school. That's how you have community input. You do need to do some work, um, but enjoy that work because you know what? Having a yarn with an elder is one of the most amazing things. The things that, you know, and the knowledge that they have to share and the jokes they come out with, like it's all amazing. Like go and enjoy that. Um, don't just let it sit with reconciliation week and wait for next year because then the work you've done is gone. And if you can get um, someone from your school, even the students out to those community events too, if they're not coming in, go out to them. Uh, we have a phenomenal performance group who like to sing in language and do performances and um, they've become highly sought after where people say, hey, can you bring the dance kids along um, to these events? So, yeah, if you're struggling to get community in your gate, then go out the gate to them. Yeah. Uh, and even, like if you go to an event on the weekend, go and introduce yourself to some mm -hmm. of the store holders or the event hosts, they will remember. And lots of times I'll talk to schools and I'll say, I've called this community organisation 15 times, no one ever gets back to me. And I think one of the things that schools forget sometimes is that most Aboriginal organisations don't receive funding to support schools. So they do it where they can, but their core business needs their attention first. And sometimes their core business takes up more hours than they have. So they may not be able to get back to you. But if you meet them at a community event, you know, that's taking that next step and you might get a response a little bit earlier or, you know, they don't have to pick up the phone. They're there. They can give you an answer and you've made that connection. Um, so, you know, keep trying that and do go out. You know, those events are open to everyone and, you know, everyone likes to have a yarn. So go and do it. Don't be shy. Excellent. Brooke, did you have anything to add to this? What do we do when Reconciliation Week is over? Keep being brave and keep making change, Anna. Nah. Um, I, <laughs> it, it's, I totally agree with everything that Leslie and Jordan have just said. Um, what? I did have something. I've lost it. Mum brain. Mum brain. It'll come back to me. Maybe. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, uh, what I was going to say is... Um, it's come back to me. So talking about establishing relationships and I think it really needs to be driven, like I'm talking about between schools and First Nations communities, it really needs to be driven but um, from teachers, from support staff, but make sure your leadership are on board too, your, your admin staff and maybe get together and work out how you can each approach that so that First Nations communities aren't, inundated with um, requests or, or um, see what you can set up as a school and maybe um, either have representatives or go um, like to, to go to Aboriginal organisations or um, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, um, yep. You know, and, and, yeah, so really keep that going and, and have somebody in your school like that's, that's really consistent in that so um I'm not saying that it falls on like someone like Jordan or myself but certainly I would say because it I'm so passionate about it and 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 it's my I, I really take that on and I think you know I, I would I want to do that so find find your people that want to do that and 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 create your relationships around that because like I think Leslie said before like your passion just just shines through in your authenticity so if you can establish a group or even a, a um, First Nations advisory board at your school, I'm, I'm not sure but what, what the forum will work for you, but just keep it going. I love that. And it, it just it sparked a thought in my brain. Um, I got an email from my principal today. Um, we are creating a working group, and I'm going to I apologise now, I'm probably going to say this wrong, um, with the Narragunna Wally Reconciliation in Education. Hopefully that was good. That we're creating a, a working group to develop a reconciliation action plan um, with members of our staff as well as our communities. I think that's, you know, tapping into what you just said, Brooke, is one way that you can and get on board. And your students. And yeah. your students. Get your students involved too. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. So I'm excited to start that journey. We're just at just at the beginning of forming our working group. So we're um, we're currently 
um, going through that process at the moment too. So we established our working group this year um, and talking about like few and far in between. So when you look at reconciliation action plan, like what that looks like and you you can go on the Narragunawali website and look at who's got a rap. And um, I went on there and I think, there are so many or lots of organisations, lots of businesses uh, on Wajak Noongar country, which is Perth area, and then I think it's down to Albany and, like, there's this huge gap where we are. So um, I think it is just so important to have those conversations and say, hey, I am passionate about this. Like, what can we do? Whether that's to your principal, your school admin, like, really drive that. And I think as educators or support staff, whoever's listening, like, if if you're interested, genuinely interested, you can drive this. Like you can, you can, you can build this and get the right people behind it to make changes within your school. Perfect. That kind of leads into my next question, and it's an area that I know it's been a focus for me professionally in terms of building my capacity um, to deepen my own knowledge and understanding about um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and perspectives and how I can respectfully embed those in the in the curriculum and build my understanding of, of um, how to do that. So what are your suggestions around resources and professional learning that you would recommend for anybody listening who wants to deepen their own knowledge and understanding? Brooke, we might throw to you from a high school perspective. Um, I was going to add like not necessarily individual organisations, but I think like your department or whether you're like Catholic education, like private education, like they will have, they should have an Aboriginal committee or something and they they if you're non-aboriginal not quite sure um where to start like they should have a list of organizations or training um training pds that you can do with people that they get in from local community there are i'm gonna i'll hand over to leslie in a minute but she can talk about wingaroo and um her like the the professional learning that she undertakes and there are a lot of online modules that you can do as well if you're personally interested but I certainly I see the benefit of um engaging with local community because they have the they have the knowledge and the history of the area and they can really hone in and if you're talking about a group like professional and PD session like really make that meaningful um to take you out on country like I've been to some phenomenal um, PD days where you know they talk about the country that we're on and even you look at like um, bush tucker medicinal foods as well so um, there's there's some great benefits there but certainly I'll throw over to Leslie who can talk about the online um, modules and what she has to offer and how great that is too. Thank you. Um, what we do have is great. Um, so we do have uh, PD that's aligned with the teaching standards um, and a few of those um, have been approved um, by NESA. Um, we're in the queue for the rest to be approved. It's a long queue. Um, we're being very patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess that's just exploring that content and those approaches. Um The other thing I would recommend is always looking for Aboriginal providers. There are a few of us out there now who have put together some really awesome content. Um, Tipiak do a really great literacy um, PD about bringing First Nations perspectives into literacy. Um, You know, so I think having a look at what First Nations people are doing, if you're doing PD that's written by non-Aboriginal teachers, um, you are getting a non-Aboriginal view of Aboriginal perspectives. Um, there's lots of really great partnerships where Aboriginal people have had insight into those, um, but just make sure that what you're choosing is Aboriginal-led. Otherwise, you know, you might not be getting as authentic as an experience as you're wanting. Um, there are lots of really great resources. Like there is actually no reason why any teacher should be using non 
Aboriginal resources anymore because there are so many amazing Aboriginal educators out there who are putting content together, resources, there's books. Um, so have a look around. I think, you know, uh, Miss Gibbs on uh, Insta and Jordan, they're always sharing really great resources. And I think, you know, get onto Instagram and follow lots of those First Nation educators because, you know, they share so much so generously um, and, you know, follow those leads. Yeah. Um, yeah, just learn from First Nations peoples is my advice. And so, um, and you know what? Learn with the kids as well. Um, book an excursion, a local cultural excursion, and, you know, you will learn just as much as the kids on that guided tour. Um, children's picture books. I learn something every time I read a new children's First Nations children's picture book. Um, you cannot go wrong there. Um, for more complex reading, I would you can go to the Common Ground website. They have a tab, I think it's called Learn, and there is just every topic you can possibly think of um, in regards to First Nations people, cultures, languages, our history. There is an article written by First Nations writers on any anything there's you could be there for days going through all the articles but you can start there um yeah and, and listening to podcasts is another way as we know this is a podcast but yeah I, I um not that I drive to work at the moment I'm on maternity leave but I would put on a podcast driving to work driving back I've got about a half an hour drive um uh, so a good one a good another good podcast is educator yarns and, yeah, I was just going to mention Instagram accounts, Insta teachers. Um, I've learned so much from Brooke and Leslie, the Murray teacher, Miss Gibbs. There's teaching with Tanner just off the top of my head. Um, and, yeah, so the information is out there. First Nations people have been sharing this knowledge for hundreds, thousands of years, and it's just I suppose up to you whether you choose and find the time to listen to us. And don't be ashamed. Reach out, ask us a question. You know, we're all really friendly. We're all really helpful. So just reach out and ask because we're going to respond and we're going to help you if we can. So do that. Yeah. I, I like can, that. Don't be ashamed. True. <laughs> yeah. I can certainly vouch for the amazing help that the three of you have been to me and my journey. And personally, um, you know, for me, it started with being brave and reaching out and, and listening and learning. And so thank you, you know, Jordan, Brooke and Leslie for taking the time to, to share with us, you know, tonight from your experiences being just so good to sit back and listen and, and continue to learn. And one of the things we like to do on the podcast as we end the episode is we like to do takeaways. And so myself, Beck and Alice, we always share some key takeaways and we're willing to throw it over to you about, you know, we want this episode to be um, practical so that people go and go, you know what, I'm going to go and do this. And I think for me, um, listening to everything that you have shared tonight, my takeaways are um, being authentic that starts with being authentic, keep learning. And um, Jordan, like you said, it's about doing something, um, making a change. And for me, it started with I made a decision, I'm going to do one thing each week. And you know what the first thing I did was? I said, I'm going to read one Indigenous First Nations book to my class every week. For me, that was something that was simple that I could do, but it brought a new perspective to my room. And it was something simple like that for me that was a takeaway that's like, I'm going to go do this. Instead of reading that same old books that I always read, I'm going to broaden my bookshelf. Um, and that was for me, that was a takeaway. And so I think, like you said, it doesn't have to be big. Sometimes we think too big, but do something little and just do it consistently. That's it. That's my takeaway. Alice? I've got three. Um <laughs> we do like we like the rule of three on the the podcast <laughs> um my three takeaways were the first one was connection find the connection with with in the the content and what you're teaching and and um and go from there so the kids will pick up on that um the big one was 
action to do something about, not just to say. Um, it's important that you act on, on, on whatever it is that you say that you're going to do um, and don't stop. Continue the conversations, continue that learning long after reconciliation finishes. And my action, Aaron, started for me with um, creating an acknowledgement of country with my students um, I saw you do it with your students and I thought, you know what, that's something I can do with my kids. And so we did do that and I invited the um, parents of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students in my class and we created that together and we had that discussion and that conversation and and talked about the country that we were on and that was really powerful. Um, so I want to thank you, Aaron, for starting my journey. <laughs> Well, and I'm sure these girls were responsible for starting that in your that's journey. That's right. So thank you to Jordan, Brooke and Leslie for helping me do that in my classroom. Yeah. Your impact was wider than just Aaron. That's really special and, and really solid that you had families um, contribute to that too. That's, yeah. yeah, beautiful. Beck, got some takeaways for this week? Uh, I'm just going to say insert resources listed here. I think that's what I'm, uh, when um, Alice puts the show notes out, I'll be sharing them with my my staff and the Aboriginal Education Committee at my school as well, uh, because there were a fair few listed there that I wasn't aware of. So I'm just going to be going, suck them all in and share them around my school as well. Um, because yeah, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here going, oh, haven't heard of that one. Haven't heard of that one. Okay. Mm. I love it when we find more that's there. And I think that might be part of, um, uh, maybe the habit that I've had is just I, I work within that departmental system, you know, forget. It's all it's all over the country. Tons of stuff getting shared. <laughs> awesome. Brooke, Jordan, Leslie, anything you guys want to share that you're going to take away from this episode? Today, my takeaway is, you know, Leslie and Brooke have brought up just connection to your local community is important and um, it just always it always comes back in full circle to, the, to that, that point, um, that connection to your community, your students, their families, um, having their input in everything that you do is really important. So that's, that's my takeaway, that reminder. Brooke? Uh, I should have gone first because that was going to be mine too. Chair. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're allowed to say no. ditto. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, ditto, but uh, thank you for providing a space for us tonight to mm. to share and and a safe space as well. Like it's been it's been deadly to have a yarn with you guys, and I'm very grateful that um, it will extend beyond this platform, and hopefully we can inspire others. So definitely, thank you, Leslie. Uh, I think ditto. Um, I think, you know, um, my sisters have uh, summed it up for me. Um, but also just, um, you know, it's a reminder to, you know, put yourself out there. And that goes for me as well, you know, when I'm um, working with people and sharing my story. So making those connections. Awesome. Well, you three um, have just been so great to have on the podcast. We are so grateful. But for our listeners out there, um, I know, you know, you've offered your, yourself out to, you know, get in touch. So how can listeners get in touch or get in contact if they want to ask questions or follow up on something you said, go a little bit deeper? Um, Leslie, how can we get in touch with you? Um, you can check out my website, wingaroo.com.au. Um, we're also on social media, both Facebook and Insta, so um, shout out on either of those. Awesome. Brooke, how can we, how can we find you? Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I use that as a bit of an educational platform. Uh, my handle is the Palawa Teacher. So. Awesome. We'll add that to the show notes so people can find you. And Jordan? What about you? How do we find you? I also have an Instagram. I am learning to Nangana and I have actually just made hey. myself a website. Yes, <laughs> she <plug>. has. <laughs> and it is amazing. So not shameless at all. Put it out there. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah, so I just recommend resources, I suppose. So if you want um, to see a list of um, newly released books that I recommend for primary schools. I'm a primary teacher, so I usually just stick to my area. Um, and just recommended classroom resources, really. 
um, then yeah, you can head over to my website. That's www.learningtoyunganana.com. But um, yeah, I'd look to the show notes to see the spelling for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will definitely share your um, your websites and your, your Instagram handles and how to get in touch with you in the show notes. But again, um, thank you so much to all three of you for coming on. It has been such a privilege and an honour and so much, taken so much from this episode. So mm. thank you for taking the time out um, of your lives to, to sit and share with us. And um, we really, really appreciate it. Absolutely no worries at all. Good. Anytime. And that is the end. We're going to wrap it up there. So that is the end of episode 15 of the Teacher Takeaway podcast, our Reconciliation Week special episode. And we hope that you have a fantastic Reconciliation Week, um, really putting action behind this year's theme of Be Brave, Make Change um, and continue to keep that going beyond reconciliation week after this this little focus is finished we um we encourage you to to keep listening keep learning keep acting and get in touch via um the social our socials if you've got any questions or you'd like to check out the show notes head to our website as well as get in touch with jordan brooke and leslie and we will see you again soon for the next episode of the teacher takeaway podcast